Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> hey, th- and also me. Heck yes. This is uh, Michael Rosso, and this is Film Photography Podcast, the internet radio show for people who enjoy, love, shoot film, make traditional film photography part of their lives. One seventeen episode seventeen one one seventeen one seventeen <laughs> January fifteenth, twenty fifteen. And I can tell everyone listening, this is a very calm Michael Rosso. That's my name. I'm drinking a, a Paul Newman decaf coffee. Oh. I'm here in the studio with Matt Mirage. Hey, how's it going, guys? I love caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You just had a shot. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm Mr. Buzzing. Mark Dalzell. Yep. Leslie Lazenby. I love caffeine, too. Hi, everyone. And here we are. Well, let's roll the show. Yay! <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. It's it's already a great, great 2015, and I'm going to kick off the show with a letter. A listener sent in some stuff. It says, Hello, FPP gang. Greetings from Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I'm enjoying all the new shoes, as always. What shoe? Attending the FPP walking workshop this past May was a highlight of my year. I'm not sure whether a trip to the West Coast will be in the cards for 2015, but you never know. We're going to be talking about that in a minute. Signing up for Mark Dalzell's class on processing C41. See, he does look like a professor. Mm-hmm. That's right. Professor Dalzell. <laughs> professor Gilligan. C41. Was just the motivation I needed to start doing my own home processing with the Unicolor C41 kit. Available right here in the FPP store. <laughs> Since our last local lab, Walgreens, stopped processing film some months ago, the timing was fortuitous. I'm happy to say I'm no longer dependent on nearby labs for doing black and white or color negative film processing, a fact that has saved me time, money, and no small amount of frustration when the one-hour lab loses part of my role. Mm. (laughs) Part of the role. Rip. Yeah. Snip. Enclosed in the box are the most quintessential, authentic Tennessee treats I could find to share with you guys. Moon pies. Oh, that was going to be a kind of whiskey. <laughs> I'm very excited about, excited about this. Oh, my God. Apparently, they keep well, oh. too, because those were made in 1917. <laughs> <laughs> Moon pies over here. Oh, since 1917. You know, uh, I never knew these were made in Tennessee. He says, um, while you might be able to find them up your way, these boxes were bought fresh from the Moon Pie General Store in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. It's so funny. You know, I posted an image of Moon Pies on my Instagram. For folks on Instagram, I'm Mm -hmm. FPP underscore Michael. And do you know that the Moon Pie factory, the the bakery, they have their own Instagram account. Oh, did they reblog it? They, They put, like... Pinned it, post it, whatever they're going to do. Oh, wow. So exciting for me, Lance. Oh, this is from Lance, by the way. Pigeon Forge is a most is a popular tourist destination in the Smokies and is also home of the famous Dollywood theme park. Yes, mm. it is. I've been to Pigeon Forge many, mm. many moons ago. Mm. Many, many mm. moon pies ago. <laughs> oh, that was some good moon pie. I apologize for not sending a handwritten letter. I don't really care long just sending moon pies. <laughs> But I figured I'd do better typing it, just in case you actually want to be able to read the contents. Lance King. Yay. Thanks, Lance. Yeah. And thanks for taking the class. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think you'd be a professor? 
No. Hey, so speaking of Lance in Tennessee, you know what's coming up? I'm actually going to see Lance here. Not not too not too distant future. Imaging USA 2015 is going to be in Nashville. No way. Yeah. So I'll be I'll be heading on down there with Midwest Photo. We'll probably see him there. Mm-hmm. Now let me get a shot of. Nice. Yes. Or as my dad would call it, Fellum. You know what's really great about these moon pies? Mm-hmm. They're very. They're not super sweet. No, they're not. Oh. Like if you have a cup of coffee, it's like it's kind of dry and kind of crumbly, which perfectly complements a cup of coffee. So, Lance King, I want to tell you, mm -mm, thank you very much. I sent the call out to our listeners. I said, hey, (laughs) we're going to be doing some taping. Give us a hand here. (laughs) And you guys did. So, thank you, Lance. He mentions he may not be able to come out to the West Coast. I would like to say that uh, I want to announce, we announced it on our uh, homepage, filmphotographyproject.com. That's our homepage. Top story. We're having our FPP Walking Workshop 2015 at The Dark Room in San Clemente, California. It's on the west coast of the United States. Before we tape today, myself, Leslie, and Matt, we are on the phone with uh, Mr. Keith Swan and Mr. Phil Stebley from The Dark Room. And our event is going to be on Saturday, March 14th. And Sunday, March 15th, this year, 2015, it's our first ever FPP event on the West Coast. First time west of the Mississippi. It's going to be a really awesome time. We announced it on December 31st. It is now just 15 days later, and we already have about, about 40, 50, 40. 40 people signed up. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Because we're having it at a lab. There's a full lab tour. So you'd be able to go through a working C41 E6 lab to see how film is processed, the process of when you send your roll in, if you're already a darkroom customer, how that process occurs when, from the time it comes in till the time it is finished. It's sort of like those old uh, training films, or those old, in, those old like industrial films you'd see in school where it's yeah. like, how does the, the letter you mail, how does it get to the person you're sending it to? The old, Sorted. The old assembly line movies. Exactly. Here they're pouring your film into ingots. <laughs> <laughs> if you're thinking about it, go to our site, filmphotographyproject.com. Uh, check out uh, the uh, article. You'll see that you'll need to email. He's like, how do you do this? What is it about? Well, it's free. That's right. <laughs> free. Free fun two days. With the FPP gang. Talking film, shooting film. We're going to be going into town. There's vinyl stores in town. <laughs> We're going to be having donuts and coffee. <laughs> Maybe some moon pies. Maybe some moon pies. If Lance comes, go to the site. You'll see you need to contact Leslie via her email. It's on the site. And say, hey, I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll be so, so happy to see you. All right. Let's uh, read a quick letter. It's a kind of a follow-up uh, from uh, a previous show where we talked about DR5. Oh, cool. What is DR5, DR5 Matt? DR5 is a specialty uh, black-and-white chrome process, which takes your black-and-white negative film and turns it into a super-positive film. Mr. Dave Wood from DR5 sent us um, a bunch of samples. Like He took the, some of FPP Shmina films, and he remember he shot samples. Yeah, he get sent back the test strips, and we weren't sure if the dog, dog was yeah. real or not. And here's the answer. <laughs> you read from this point. Continues on the back. All right. This right. This is from Mr. Dave Wood from DR5. <laughs> <laughs> the pup, the DR5 dog, is Miss Keeley. She's a three, <laughs> three and three quarter year old Parsons Jack Russell Terrier, the Brit Jack version. She's a wire hair with extra long hair. Not too common. 
Real. <laughs> Check that one off. Uh-huh. Real. Not Memorex. And then uh, my last pup, Buddy. Buddy. Oh, passed away now almost four years. He has a little memorial page on the DR5 site. I remember seeing that. And he was with me before DR5 was a lab. First half of his life, he was with me in the studio in NYC. And he was so used to cameras, he'd get right into place when asked. Therefore, that's how the uh, the modeling on the test strips came to be. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Keely, on the other hand, is a completely different dog. Maybe because she didn't have the same studio time that Bud had. Smart as a whip, but loaded with energy. That's common for the Jack Russell Terriers. Let's see. One day I was setting up the doll in the gray card and had my back turned to test the films and cameras. Upon turning around, there she was, sitting next to the doll. So besides knowing all the names of her toys, looking for her mice, jumping up and down on the TV, playing ball, and playing with leaf piles, when I turn on the studio lights, she heads right to the doll. Bud would be so proud. Jack Russell's always looking for a job to do. The dog's trained. Yeah, she just jumped. Well, I guess whenever he flips the studio lights on, there she is, ready, ready model. Incredible. Strudel's getting there. He just kind of gets, like, weary. The whole time, like, uh, it's, it's too close. It's really hot. <laughs> Before we go on to uh, any, any further topics, I would like to, well, I loved, like, a Santa Claus. I like to hand out gifts. I'm going to hand out gifts. Oh, no. To all the folks here. I'm going to open them up right here on the shoe. This Uh-oh. is for Leslie. It's a moon, moon pie. pie. <laughs> <laughs> this is for Matt. Ooh. I love your Oh, choice. Leslie's already opening hers. Oh. I'll keep it a secret, though. No, right. okay, I'll get it open. No, it doesn't matter. No, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. It's a black bag. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, it's it not. is. Ooh. Oh, this is it, ladies and gentlemen. What you've all been waiting for. That's right. This is it. Shvima film in 120 size. Color negative. Whoa. Wow. Mina Color 125, hand-rolled. Later in this show or in a, f- a very uh, a show in the really near future, we're going to be talking about Shmina Film. Some of our listeners up in Canada have been going really, uh, what's a good word, ape shit <laughs> <laughs> over this film. And Mr. Mark Dalzell yep. himself is, my favorite too. is a big fan of this Shmina Color 125. Yep. From beginning, to, I love the color of it. I love how flat it is when you go to scan it. Just everything about it is nice to work with. I mean, what can you, you can't ask for anything exactly. more. Exactly. Yeah, it's great all, all along the process. Yeah, moving right along, our next gift. Thanks. Open that Actually baby up. Wrapped. Oh, fancy. Pull that baby up. <laughs> nice. The Crab Fest book. All oh, right, page oh. one is Dane eating a crab. This is Crab Fest <laughs> book. Excellent. Nice. Mark was kind enough to invite me two years in a row, I might add, to something called Crab Fest, and this is basically a big crab shindig at his house where it's just like a, f- a crab seafood apocalypse of shrimp <laughs> crab scallops not not in this beef some kind of beef or what was the what was the meat uh we did ribs this year there's a oh, picture geez. of a man holding a huge thing of ribs uh ribs and then talk about a cake a cake of palooza at oh, dessert yeah, time dessert. i mean yeah. sometimes you go over oh, oh there's there Brian it is. With the ribs oh, yeah. let me get a shot of that oh my gosh <laughs> I've been to parties where, like, the food is amazing, but then, like, like uh, you know, a little bit later on, you're like, oh, where's the coffee? <laughs> you're like, yeah. what's going on with the dessert? No, no, no. No. At Mark's, there's, like, 
an entire dining room table, just like wall-to-wall cakes. So well, we had about 50 people come, and we told everybody, you know, what, what can we bring? I just bring in dessert. So we ended up with... Yeah. And I took so many pictures, I thought, you know what? You know, and this time of year, you get, I get email blasts from Clark Color, which I'm going to talk about, uh, saying, you know, 50% off books. books. Yeah. Like, you know what? I'm like, damn. Who is it? Clark Color. This mm-hmm. doesn't even have any kind of... Branding. Copyright marks. Branding. No, it doesn't. At all. It's, That's it, great. Which is nice, yeah. So I've been using a company called Clark Color since I'm a child. Mm-hmm. And when I was a child, um, th- these people used to read newspapers. And the Sunday newspaper would have two, three, these yellow mailers called Clark Color. Uh, or sometimes there'd be the other competing companies were Dale Color and York. Those were, an, yeah. those were the big three. And at that time, they had depots like all over the United States. Mm-hmm. There was a lot going on back then because yeah. everyone was shooting film. Mm. So I've been a customer forever, and they still process film. I'm signed up on the Clark website. I get their email blasts, and I've did a, I've, I did a bunch of books this holiday season. I did some calendars. You know, shooting all year long, it's really just a fun way to kind of, you know... Mm-hmm. Spread the love of film photography. Yeah. Wrap yeah. it up. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, who's... Oh, Matt oh. Mirage. Now, this is a combo regular gift and birthday gift. Oh. I, the birthday gift's from John and I. Oh, wow. Well, th- thank you, guys. A Ferrania shirt. Yes. Oh, my cool. gosh. Love, love Ferrania's project. What and a big doing. box. It's amazing. And a box. Oh, my God. I like the big box. I like the big box, wow. too. Whoa. Oh. No. Whoa. Well, you, should, <laughs> you, should, you shouldn't have. That's, wow. Yeah. I knew it as soon as I picked it up. You did? Oh, like, I like oh, a box of film. Yeah. It's a box of uh, Kodak Portra 400 in 8 by 10 size. The biggest. Um, yes. This stuff is. Fresh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Precious. Nice. Yeah. This, yeah. And although I would, like, I would like to take credit for the Film Ferrania t-shirt, the Film Ferrania t-shirt is courtesy of Film Ferrania, Dave and Annie over at Film Ferrania in the New York. Oh, did they hook us up? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, they didn't hook us up. They hooked us a select few up. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so you and Matt are hooked up. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, wow. This and Hunter, the guy who did the interview. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Gifts are fun. It's freezing out. It's cold. <laughs> And this time of year, we're going to talk about two, two quick subjects, three quick subjects. The first of which is how to chase away the winter blues. I have some uh, input from our Flickr friends, tips for shooting in the winter, and what inspired you in 2014. Let's start with what inspired you in 2014. And these are, um, was a, a thread, it's called. For folks who are reading newspapers, a thread is on the internet. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is on Flickr.com. If you go to Flickr.com and search groups, you will find the film photography podcast group question was what what inspired you in 2014 and our good friend alex laux also who does our show notes he says being able to apply a tiny bit of the zone system to my photographs Mm -hmm. how much can i torture tri x a greater understanding of the power of four by five uh, Pentax Pete says, what inspired your 2014? He says, how to de-squeak a, a Canon A1 and AE1. I kind of like the squeak. That's how you know it's working, yeah. It's, yeah. I just got a, a yeah. basically brand new, never been used Canon A1. And the first time, I, it was just the loudest squeak. The squeak was louder than the shutter noise. So that's it just comes out of the box squeaking. I, I literally thought it was going to be the quietest camera in the world. It's just, it's just nothing but squeak. <laughs> Did, does it bother you, the squeak? I don't care, no. I mean, it just to me... 
to me, it sounds like a cannon. Like that's just the sound that a cannon makes. But uh, that may be offensive to some camera. A flat spin. Now these are their their handles. Their their quote unquote flicker names. So a lot of these are not you know person's name. Flat spin says the relationship between perspective and focal length. Mm-hmm. Elementary, I know, but hey, I'm still learning. No, that's a re- that's a good one. Everybody can brush up on. Ray Lemeister says thanks to the podcast, I learned about a variety of film stocks and and support of analog photography. I've also learned that sometimes it takes spending thousands of dollars in expensive equipment only to realize the cheapest alternative was the most viable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lance King mentioned he got into C41. Uh, Inet Joker says uh, he got into uh, ECN-2 developer this year. Oh, wow. And he says he can remove the Remjet backing without touching the film. <laughs> I wonder if it's like... Like a mind, like magic, like, <laughs> like the film levitates. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing up my sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> Joe X Edge, learning the zone system and learning to control it to my tastes. CGW1208 says that Fujifilm.ca's dirt cheap process scan service will let me enjoy 35 millimeter until they junk their frontiers. <laughs> <laughs> Frontiers are their processing units. Yep, the big ones. Uh, 120-127 says, I'm about halfway towards learning how to nail exposure. I learned, too, that very occasionally I get a keeper, which keeps me shooting. Stick and string, says. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love these names, right? I just got back into film photography this past spring, so I've learned and relearned so much this year. I guess one of the biggest things I learned was how many great deals there are out there on film cameras. I started off with two Pentax SLRs I still had from the 80s, and I've added nine more cameras in the last few months, including Whoa. two medium formats, a Pentax 645N and a Yashica 126G. I guess I could say I've learned how forgiving my wife is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he says, oh, and I learned about the FPP podcast. Holy cow, what a find. And I do hold them particularly responsible for my gas. A lot of people hold us responsible for their gas. It's not fair. <laughs> I'm not reaching in through the microphone and like putting your hand on the, the eBay uh, bid button. Yeah, it's, here's, it's just a link in the show notes. <laughs> here's our good friend Shaq Mahdi. He says, Every year the FPP inspires me to keep shooting and introducing new films to play with like Shmina. My 2014 discovery, thanks to Mike and the gang. This year, I've been doing the usual shuffle between buying new cameras and lenses to, and selling off whatever I'm not using. Gas has been pretty bad this year, but I've gotten some good shots in Afghanistan with that gear. Of course, Jack Motti, Michael Sherman, he's the gent who sent us the big Afghanistan. Yeah. The Af- yeah. A- a- what would you call it? Afghanistani? No. Afghan. A- Afghan package. Yeah, the hats, yeah. the patches, mm-hmm. the yeah, some that. crazy chocolates. Hey, Shaq Motti, uh, Matt just uh, tried on the... the was that desert hat? Yeah, that, that hat leaves more fur on me than strudel. <laughs> <laughs> Groove Chapter says a couple of different things. Finishing my photographic imaging course at college. Ooh. Nice. Starting a photography business that has film at its center. Nice. Whoa. Buying an RB67 for studio work. Yes. Jealous. FPP every fortnight. Nice. And I says cheers and happy new year. Justin. GB Hill says. The crap load of film I have <laughs> keeps me inspired. <laughs> Plus, an internet friend surprisingly sent me a Canon T50 and 244T Speedlight for Christmas. Ooh. Nice. I think the 244T is the proprietary flash 
for the T50. Yeah. yeah, it's a little guy. Yeah. yeah, a little guy. This is the exact setup I had many years ago when the T50 first came out. I also was introduced to Schmina Films through the FPP. Yes. 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 So I bought some 200 ASA black and white. <gasps> My favorite. That's stuff. right. I'm very excited about shooting these new films. Burnt Umber says, Scala for sale in the U.S. is exciting to me. Is that a new film or did someone release some... Uh, uh, DR5 selling it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yes, I know I can do reversal on other black and white films, but Scala holds a special place for me. Can't wait to uh, hit a car show. Yeah, me too. I didn't do enough of that last year. Uh, RWL7532. Sounds like we're in like a... Science fiction like film. It's like ham radio. I thought it was like your CD. Star date. Oh, uh, w- yeah, exactly. Or like, like when Logan's radio. run. <laughs> Since I decided to take up photography again uh, in prep for my upcoming retirement, June 2015. Congratulations. Jealous. I have, ins- I have to say that Amazon and eBay have inspired me. My photo stream is mostly filled up with my experiments with black and white film, developing, and camera and lens combinations. Gordon Cooper says, I have lost many friends in the past two years. And losing someone this year made me realize how important to me to take photos and keep notes. Someday, this person will be someone's grandmother, and the child will one day wonder what grandma looked like. Keeping labeled negatives and prints helps keep memories and stories alive. Please shoot film, document, archive, and have fun. Today's sunlight can be someone's distant memory one day. Aww. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. That's really neat. Leslie yeah, and I were, yeah. we were talking about archiving and how important. A lot of times I carry my camera. I'll go to a family function and I'll kick myself after the event because I didn't shoot enough. Same here. You know, because you're like, oh. And then you find out, you know, until he kicked it. Yep. Never know. So, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. really awesome taking family shots. So many. God, there's so many. Rosemary Hawkins. Love you know, her. Yeah. Yeah. Learning about FPP's color infrared and red scale. Learning never to throw away an undeveloped role. Just this week, I took two of my rolls of 120 Fujichrome to the lab with no idea what was on them. I'm not sure why I hadn't developed them. Both came out, and at least one was from circa 2006, and the other, well, I'm not sure, but it's probably a few years ago, and has been and has some ocean images. I'm looking forward to scanning. Uh, any of you guys uh, like shoot film and then just toss it in the box and forget about it? Oh yeah, oh. I did about a year ago. You know, you always have those kind of junk drawers around the house, and there was at the back of a junk drawer was two or three rolls of APS that were fully shot that just were never developed for. Yeah, same thing for whatever reason. I developed them, and they were like pictures of Christmas from 2006 that I just never. We just got thrown in a drawer, so that was fun to find. Our good friend uh, Hachi Gatsu. Oh, he has Domo as his avatar, right? Yes. Uh, Nicholas Middleton, uh, Chrono Crater, uh, Greg Alpst. Ron Photo 2, Arthur J.S., Brian Tremblay, and our good friend Patrick J. Clark. Leslie Lazenby. Who? (laughs) I don't care what she has to say. Uh, Nana Ferguson and Dolicious. Nice. Thank you, everybody. This time of year, the winter blues, uh, there was a uh, thread started also on the Flickr. And Michael Fortner, our good friend Michael Fortner, who's been with the show probably close to the very beginning. I remember this thread. This thread went completely off the rails. I felt bad for him. <laughs> He's like, uh, I have too much. What am I going to do with all the film? He had a storage issue. <laughs> yeah, uh, which, which I can totally relate to. It was a storage issue that kind of went into the fact that he was a little, little uh, bluesy about the fact that he has so much film and a kind of like a loss of inspiration, which is tough because if you lost the inspiration and you're not shooting, that means you're not 
going through the film. Yeah. But it's fun to when new films come out, when you come out and say, oh, there's a new double X, oh, here's the new schema, oh, here's the new whatever. You want to keep buying it. But the old stuff gets pushed in the back. Right. So what, what the thread started with was, I need more storage. And like 10 people in a row jumped and said, well, start shooting more, start shooting more. Start. Well, that's not the point. I know, especially <laughs> Leslie. But I have the same problem where I have a fridge full of you know, old expired film, and sometimes I don't feel like shooting that. A lot of the time I don't feel like shooting that, but I'm running out of space because I have so much expired film. I have to... So what I do you do? Never get exp- yeah. Well, I buy another fridge. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I deal. I've got three fridge, three well, now for f- film. We're talking full, well, full size or small fridge? No, these One are small. full, two small. But, okay. but realistically, what, <laughs> what I said on the thread was, you know, yeah. don't sweat it. The film's good for yes. a couple of years. It, you know, if you have to put it in a cupboard for a, a couple of months, it's going to be fine. Right. I did check where he was. He's actually in Georgia. So I was going to say, put it outside in your shed. But he's he's not somewhere he's not somewhere cold enough that that would help. Yeah, and we're not all fortunate enough to have our own like dedicated fi- film fridges. Right. Yeah. You ha- most folks have to share a fridge mm-hmm. with someone in the house. Eggs in that. Yep. I'm not allowed to get an extra one. That's that's a new rule. <laughs> no, so I have to rotate mm-hmm. my stock. Lauren and Lauren keeps up on it too. She's like, this box has been in there for over a year. I know it. I have a second a second little fridge that I bought at a local. Actually, I just mentioned it to Matt. It's a place called Green Demolitions. If you're in New Jersey, but um, you know, like a either like a Habitat for Humanity Restore or a place like that that sells uh-huh. appliances. I bought this. It's a perfect apartment sized fridge. It was twenty five dollars. You know, and it might cost me $20 a year to run it, and that's enough to hold a couple hundred rolls of film. So if you've got the space for it and, you know, 25 or $50, you can pick up a used fridge. We'll be right back right after this quick message. Do you love the Film Photography Podcast? Show your support. Visit our online store at filmphotographyproject.com. That's right. Your purchases at our store support this show. What show? (laughs) You're not only supporting the podcast, but you're also supporting our ample giveaway programs and our workshops. Just go to filmphotographyproject.com and click the store button. Good golly, Miss Molly. We're an official reseller of Kodak Alaris Films. That's right. Impossible Project Instant Films. Super amazing. And our very own FPP hand-rolled films. Your one-stop shopping. I have to tell you, I spent all my waking hours, no joke, <laughs> seeking out awesome films for your 35mm and 120 cameras. Most notably is the addition of Schmina Films. Shmina from Eastern Europe. That's right, Shmina Films. Right in our very FPP store, you'll see the famous Shmina FN64, Photo 100, Photo 200, Photo 400, and lots more. As well as Eastman Kodak black and white motion picture film. That's right. That's right for your 35mm still camera. Such stocks as Eastman Double X, Eastman High Contrast 5363, and the awesome Kodak Fine Grain. Two three six six. Check out all these unique film stocks right at filmphotographyproject.com. Hey, hey, thanks. Let's get back to more Good show. show. <laughs> hey, we're back. The winter blues. Oh 
yeah. Now, not only is it hard to get inspired to go out and shoot, but if you do get inspired to go out and shoot, and you could get, you can get some amazing scenes. Leslie was just mention, mentioning before that uh, not only rain is awesome for getting night photography, but snow also reflects an awful lot of light, mm-hmm. so you can get some great just street photography in the snow. So if you are bold enough to bundle yourself and go out and shoot, there are some uh, you know issues with. Um, the cold affecting equipment. What tips do you have for folks, oh, Matt? Sure, I would say. Well, if uh, if you have a camera that runs <laughs> that runs on any electricity, bring uh, bring extra batteries. Try to keep everything as close to body temp, you know, as operating temps as possible. Because as as temperatures get lower, your shutter speeds potentially get slower. Mm. Uh, batteries drain quicker or cease functioning in the camera. Uh, so try and keep everything warm and ready to go. The film's fine. The film's fine when it's cold, only unless you take it out of the freezer. Don't load it like instantly. Sometimes you might snap some sprockets. But uh, other than that, yeah, keep bundled up. Keep stuff pretty warm, pretty close to you. Treat it like it's uh, like it's a family pet when you're moving it around outside. And- <laughs> Just have fun. A couple weeks ago, I was out. My daughter was going to meet Elsa and Anna oh. at like an outdoor function, and I had a Rico, my Rico 519 on a strap on my back. And as we, we waited in line for like an hour, and we finally got to almost the front of the line, and I thought far enough ahead at least to take my camera out and take a couple of test shots, and it was just frozen solid. It wouldn't do oh, anything no. at all. So I only had cell phone pictures, unfortunately. What, so what, what camera was that? That was my Rico 519, which is a completely <clears throat> manual camera, but it just has oil and grease in it that just froze solid. Yeah, that can lock up real yeah. quick. Kind of goes back to the the uh, the blues in the the winter. One, the best time of year to print is is if you're dealing oh. with the winter weather. Do indoor stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. indoor stuff. Hit the dark room. Print those negatives from last year. Make contact sheets. Just Scan. It's dark stuff. so often. You may as well hit the dark room. Yeah. Scan. Scan if you can, yeah. Hit the backlog. Start planning a project, looking at dates you can go out and shoot. What inspired me in 2014 and inspires me throughout the winter, Donker Dave. Oh. Hitting it up with the prints. Oh gosh, yes. That man is a machine. Oh. Put, put, oh. Putting out those platinum prints every day. There's, there's at least one Donker or two Dave's new ones. sweating it right now. Well, I, the, How's he? the darkroom incident. Yeah, the, the flooding. flooding. Yes. Yes, Donker. Our, mm-hmm. His our new darkroom? Our good, yeah, our good friend oh, no. Donker Dave There's recently. No swimming Donker Dave. Oh. Yes. He had, Diver Dave? He had, he had <laughs> Diver Dave. He, uh, he po- was, was posting updates mm-hmm. pretty, pretty actively on it. looks like it's, it's resolved, but uh, you might take a moment of silence for the uh, darkroom, which got flooded up to the calf. Oh. oh. So, yeah. You know, a lot of times for me, um, 30 out, it's 20 out, it's 10 out. I'm not going out in that. Oh, hey. I just got a package from Mike Rosso. Here's a <laughs> film I haven't tried. And you get all re-inspired again. Or go through your collection and say, I haven't shot with that camera in a long time. Mm-hmm. Fire it up. Take it out. Yep. Sometimes that it takes a little bit more sometimes in the winter. Than yeah. Or try shooting time. someplace you know you like going in the summer, in, yes, in the winter. You know, mm-hmm. Just try it out. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Hawking Hills because it's only about an hour away from where I'm at. I, I'm trying to go to the falls when it uh, freezes over. Get a different view on things. Try not to die on the way down there. Exactly. <laughs> I like shooting. Uh, well, I'm I'm kind of forced to shoot even when I'm not in the mood to because I'm always trying out these new cameras. And well, that keeps you going. Well, it kind of forces me to keep going and forcing me to think of things to shoot. But what I do is I'm I'm really into sort of uh, urban decay and graffiti and that kind of thing. So what I'll do is when I load up a new camera, drive up and down some back streets around Jersey City or wherever, and try and find you know old cars sitting in a driveway or 
some cool graffiti or some great broken windows. You know, I look for that kind of thing. And every time I need to shoot a new one, I just go to a new area and try and find something new. Or I have some old favorite neighborhoods that I, I revisit from time to time. Right. There's one smashed up TV that I've been taking pictures of for a couple of years that I keep going back to. And it keeps getting more and more smashed. Where? You know, like it's like sitting on the street? It's sitting in a ditch. Actually, oh. sort of near where Dane lives, actually, in that area. There's an old, like, super fun abandoned area with a broken TV in it. Get it with so. a layer of snow on it. Get it exactly, dripping yeah. Dripping in the spring. Yeah, when I first started going, it looked pretty good, but looking rough now. <laughs> is the is the screen <laughs> smashed in? Uh, I think it is. Yeah, the screen is completely gone by now. Yeah. Wow. Is it like one of the old like family box TVs with like the wooden? It's not that old. Maybe? No, it's okay. like a plastic molded Panasonic, oh, okay. like a '90s model. Because yeah. yeah. there was one in there was one in Finley, right near the the, gr- the grungy apartment I, I used to live in there. And it was the old family box style TV console. And that thing had like, you know, multiple animal families living out. It was its own ecosystem. See, I'd I'd love to take pictures of that. That's fun. I know where there's a a 69 Cadillac in black sitting in the back of a yard that I'm waiting for the people to not be home one day. So so they're not blocking it because their car blocks it. I'm waiting to get a clear shot of it. So every once in a while I drive by that. There we have it. (laughs) Here's a quick letter. From Mr. Mark O'Brien. I know that guy. Mark O'Brien. He's commenting on the last podcast, uh, which was two weeks ago. He says, wonderful podcast, lots of fun, and that Florida gal was a hoot. That's right. That's uh, me. Hey! That was the track. Did anyone here listen to it? Oh, that was a great one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Mark should know, I guess Mark Dalzell, Mark should know that my first SLR in 1973 was an exact, Exacta 1A. Oh, because yeah. oh, we were talking oh, about the Exactas, yeah. yeah. About 10 years ago, I got into an Exacta collecting spree, and yes, in its day, Exacta was a oh. top-line camera for scientists. Yeah, it's premium bucks. stuff, yeah. As they made lots of macro equipment and adapters to do specialized tasks. It's amazing what was available for those cameras. Yeah. The film cutter, which is in the camera. I have one of yes. Yeah. It's like a little razor blade in there. The film cutter in the camera was especially useful for scientific work. Reasons you went over in the podcast. You know, you cutting go. it and sending yeah. it to... The so you don't have to finish a whole roll. And then he says... Oh, there's a little ad. Which one is it? This is... Uh, look at the price. Leslie's holding up. A, what, where is this that? Is, this is a 1954 U.S. camera photo equipment guide that came out with once a year. And there's an exacta in here. This is 1954. This camera was $199. Yeesh. That's got to be thousands cameras. of dollars. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and then Mark says... Because uh, in the segment at the TrackMan studio, we talked about mm-hmm. buying a... Seeing a camera I saw at a pawn shop, and it was a, uh, pol- a Polaroid uh, 100. Mm-hmm. When I opened the back, it was, cu- it was filled with dried roaches. Lovely. So he says, the roaches in the he, camera, and he, he says... He probably just thought, this yes, is great. Yes, a little this smiley. A like, put him in a baggie. Yeah, exactly. Gold star. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Mark, for that letter. Cool. Actually, for Christmas, I got an exacta, another exacta, so I'll, I'll be talking about that in the future, too. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break, and we come back. Leslie, we'll be, we'll be talking about the 666 Pinhole Instant Camera. Hey! Did you know that this year there is a Polaroid automatic land camera explosion? Hundreds of people have picked up Polaroid automatic land cameras because of FPP alone. Fuel your passion for instant photography and consider picking up a Polaroid automatic land camera right in the FPP store. All cameras are on my FPP workbench, are thoroughly tested, batteries reconfigured, and ready to drop into your hands. Stop by FilmPhotographyStore.com and check it out.
Kodak Vision 3 35mm film. And you've heard some chatter right here on the Film Photography Podcast, and you may be saying, What is it? It is 35mm motion picture film, the very same film shot in Hollywood in motion pictures. And the FPP is buying this film direct from Eastman Kodak, and right in our FPP studio, I've been cutting it down into 27 exposure cartridges. You may be asking, why? Because the film is so awesome, and although there are other great Kodak stocks out there like Ektar and Portra, I think we all like freedom freedom of of choice. choice. The idea that we could pop a new film or a new-to-us film into our camera and experience what it's like to shoot. And the three films that are currently available right here in the FPP store, they're all Kodak Vision 3 films. The first is 50D. That's a daylight film. 50 ISO. It's amazing because it's so crisp. And the Vision stocks capture so much detail in the shadow areas. It's a wonderful film. For a little boost, I recommend the 250D. That's a 250 ISO film that gives you a little more speed. Most remarkable is the 500T film. This is a tungsten indoor light based film. Perfect, perfect film if you're a event photographer or shooting indoors, let's say in a family dinner situation or something that's indoors or where there's mixed light, but most of it is indoor light. Now this 500T film, with an 85 filter, orange filter over your lens, can also be shot in daylight. So it's an incredibly versatile, awesome film for those who need some speed. In the past, what has kept these films out of our hands is the notorious Ramjet. This is the black carbon-based layer that's on the non-emotion side of the film that's designed to help the film in transport when it's in a 35mm motion picture camera, protects the film while it's running through at 24 frames per second, And this has kept this film out of our hands because there was no way to process it. But now, for those of you who are using our very own Unicolor C41 kit, you could process it at home. We have instructions right on our website, the additional step you need to do if you are processing yourself. But the biggest breaking news is that if you're not processing yourself, which is probably the majority of folks who are listening right now, you could shoot this film and send it to the Little Film Lab in California. That's right, the Little Film Lab. And each roll of Vision 3 film, whichever flavor you like, We'll ship out with a piece of paper of where you can send this for processing. Mind-numbing news because we can now all try the Kodak Vision 3 film. And you're going to be hearing about it here on the FPP. So, So get shooting and stay tuned. Thank you much. Hey, we're back. Last part of 2014, uh, we received a uh, welcoming letter from none other than Dr. Florian Caps. Dr. Florian Caps, for those of you who don't know, was the founder of The Impossible Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the men responsible bringing back the instant film for vintage Polaroid cameras 
This is way back in 2008, 2009. Dr. Caps retired from the Impossible Project last year. And f- for those of you who have been wondering... Hey, man, what's up with Doc? Yeah. What's, what's up, Doc? What have you done for me lately? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I received an email from him uh, introducing... Uh, talking about a company in Vienna called SuperSense. Apparently they have a store, SuperSense, and they have put together a brand new camera. It's limited. I think it's 500 units. It's called a 66 forward slash 6 pinhole instant camera. And Leslie is here to talk about, not only talk about, but uh, Dr. Caps was kind enough to uh, send us one on loan. We sent it right over to Imagine That in Finlay, Ohio. So, Leslie, not only uh, what she's read about it, you got to actually shoot with it. Yes, I did. What's the sp- I, I think probably the first thing, what's up with the name? 666. Oh, yeah. 66 years yes. since Dr. Edward Edwin Land oh. introduced instant photography. And six years since the last factory was closed. Hmm. Okay. Oh. So, okay, makes sense now. It's not, you know, 66 six. what's his face from the omen or anything like that. Right. Know. Camera of the but beast. Any- <laughs> anyway, it was uh, um, designed by Florian Dot Caps and Akeem Hine. And there are 500 models of this available. Each one does come serial numbered, pretty Ooh. sweet. And I thought, you know what? I love pinhole. Mm-hmm. I love wide angles. I love instant photography. This is never going to go back to them. <laughs> I just knew it was going to be a problem. The, the first thing I, I have to say about it, it is built exceptionally well. It has um, a collapsible bellows on it. And as you collapse it, you're choosing different wide angles. All the way back is extremely wide. Popped all the way out. Still wide, but uh, a little bit closer to normal. So you've got that rubber bellows in there. On the very front, you have a three-position turret-style lens. Mm-hmm. So you've got a tiny, tiny pinhole and a not-so-tiny pinhole in a closed position. And then the whole thing is built on top of the Impossible Project's FPU, the film processing unit. Oh. Now, I have not used this in any type of photography before the unit. I had a suspicion when I opened the box... Since it came with a charger, something had to be charged. That unit did. You could still shoot with it. It's a pinhole camera. Mm-hmm. But to get the print out or even the cover out, it's going to be charged up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very smart USB charger. So that it doesn't matter where they send it to. If you've got something USB, you can charge the puppy up. Mm-hmm. And I shot hmm, maybe four boxes of film out. threw it over a couple weeks. Never had to recharge it again. Oh, that's good. It, yeah, it was. It has no. I didn't hear any difference of it coming out, so I didn't get any indication that it was getting weaker. So, all that being said, there's some things you have to do before you even use it. You know, to prepare for this. Some rituals, if it were, for the six. Well, well exactly. <laughs> you need um, a virgin. First, a... I had to. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, nice. Well, I had to get Rosemary's baby. She has grown up now. <laughs> anyway, they recommend, they have a nice little quick cheat sheet on the inside. Oh, good. That you download an app called Pocket Light Meter Pocket. from No Way Studios, N-U-W-A-S-T. It is um, 99 cents, very mm-hmm. minimal. And I, the only thing I'm not fond about with the whole camera is how much it made me rely on my smartphone. For what? Everything. Oh. Okay, first I need that app. Because that app oh, allows Oh, you need the app. Me, yes, the 
pocket light meter allows you to put in an ASA of 640, an f-stop of 57, mm -hmm. and then use that to read your timeout. Then once you read your timeout, you go to a little label on the back of the camera. Mm -hmm. You choose your lens and your bellows compression, and you multiply apply the time on the camera or on your smell, cell phone, your smell phone, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on your cell phone that. Uh, um, and there's various. It could be maybe times 10 or times 84. So some of those exposures can get pretty long. Okay, I'm out the cold. I'm freezing. I'm going to use my cell or my yeah my cell phone here to do my math. Great. Ooh, this is going to be 32 seconds. Let's just use the timer on the phone. I get 32. Count them off 32. So at least having your smartphone with you really eliminates a couple pieces of equipment. But besides that, I would recommend a tripod. I would recommend plenty of film. And I would also recommend starting off with the black and white version because it's about a 10 minute um, process time compared to the color, which is roughly 30. Mm -hmm. And once you get over 30 seconds with impossible film, you've got reciprocity to deal with. Mm -hmm. So you kind of want to see your results if you like the view, if you need to adjust and take another picture. Can you just uh, quickly explain what is what exactly is reciprocity for folks who don't know? It is, um, film is made to photograph accurately at what we consider normal camera speeds. Okay. When you go to longer camera speeds, it doesn't automatically equate to that same time. One minute may now really take two minutes to get that correct exposure. Oh. So with the longer times, you need longer exposures. They call it reciprocity failure. Oh, boy. If you Google it, I'm sure you get a Wikipedia page. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Google. Uh, some films are very predictable, like Kodak. You know, I do 2.5 times over what it says, that kind of thing. But some so. films are awesome and have almost no reciprocity oh, failure. Oh, 100. Yeah, burr. Yeah. Geeks. So anyway, I'm, I'm doing all this. I'm going out, and I'm watching the light. I run out. I shoot some stuff. I get my calculator out. Stopwatch, my app, doing this, doing that. And I wasn't really getting along very well with this camera. My Everything kind of was just all over, and I was kind of bummed about it. And I'm blowing through film, and I'm thinking, I don't have a thing to show yet. Finally, it's about the time we um, committed to, to getting the camera back to them. Really overcast day. November was in Ohio. Very overcast. Mm -hmm. This is it. The light is the same everywhere. <laughs> so it's kind of like anytime you're testing something, keep all of your variables the same except for one and only change that. So I chose only one lens opening, only one compression on the bellows, and out I went. And I thought, forget the smartphone. This is pinhole, girl. You've done pinhole. Use the force. <laughs> use the force and use the brain. And I thought, yeah, looks like five seconds. Timed it for five seconds. A little too much. Shot everything else on four seconds that day. I had a blast. Finally, when I just chilled out a little bit with it, it was great. Now, I have written a, a blog for FPP on this, and the title of it is Dirty Harry and the Super Sense 666. Go ahead. Make my day. Nice. Why? Why? Does Clint Eastwood own one of these? He doesn't, <laughs> okay. but he kept talking to me the whole time. There's a few things that I... <laughs> oh, great, now we know. Um, move over, you're crowding Clint Eastwood. What did he say? He kept saying to me... Go ahead. Make my day. There's no counter on this camera. So when you put it away for a few days and you go back out again, he's going... Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, the 
tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Ian, is this is the 666 pinhole, the newest instant camera in the world. I had to ask myself, <laughs> do I feel lucky? <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I do feel lucky because I've got to test this camera. But, you know, you think you go through all of this setup, you get it, you get it covered, you shoot it, crap, I'm out and of film. And nothing comes out, and yeah. And then he's back in my head again. Did I shoot? I shot eight. Okay. That's so awesome. But because the, in the whole time he's just talking to, did I shoot seven frames or did I shoot eight? So I'm going to assume it hasn't been that long that there's probably some of these left. But if you are interested in pinhole and instant and these super wides, and uh, what I predict will probably be quite a collectible camera. There are only 500. Definitely. Hop on over to SuperSense. Get yourself one. There'll be uh, a link in our show notes. By the way, show notes. Uh, John the Track Man. Hey! He had mentioned, oh, you know, I don't like the podcast because, you know, I can't see what you're talking about. <laughs> I thought, go to our show notes, buddy. That's why they were invented. Exactly. So you could see a picture. Yeah. And these days, you could have one of those smarty phones. <laughs> like, if you're listening to the podcast while driving, you look at the read the show notes <laughs> while you're driving. <laughs> So you actually heard the Clint Eastwood, like you would hear his voice. That's the very first thing. He's going, did I shoot six? Yep, he was there. He was there in my ear. I had a chance to see, not play with, but at least see the uh, 66.6 camera. Mm -hmm. Uh, Good friend of FPP, Josh Harrison, who went to the workshop last year. He brought his out in uh, in November. He was down in uh, Columbus visiting, so we went out uh, in the short north area and shot around. I think we were playing with the Lomo Instant, and uh, he was shooting with uh, the Impossible as well. So kind of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chill out a little and enjoy it. And with, with any camera, when you first get something and it's very new to you, you, you have to give yourself some time to become acclimated to the, how to use the camera, what works best for you. It's, it's like people who pick up... Uh, Polaroid pack camera for the first time. They're very mm-hmm. frustrated. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, my tabs are breaking. This is happening. But once the f- you once you achieve the force, <laughs> then it's like second nature. And then you'll be out there. And then it gets fun, and you enjoy it, and you yeah. get the techie yeah, stuff. Don't, don't get the film it. sweats about it. Yeah. No, no. So thank you very much, Leslie. Thank you, and thank you, SuperSense. Yes. How when sweet. We, when we come back, Mark Dalzell will be talking about a camera. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> hey the dark room is a lab on the west coast and these days because you know we're all shooting film but you know the big question is where do i bring my film to get processed the dark room is an option and they've really stepped up to develop all films 110 film, 126 film, 35 millimeter film, 620 film, 120 film, 4x5 film, 8x10. Wow. One stop uh, shopping. Black and white, color print C41, color slide E6. E6? Uh, 122, 20, 35, 4x5, 8x10. The darkroom. It's com. They also do testing of awesome films like Lomo, X-Pro, Red Scale, True Black and White, Crossbird, Redbird, oh, Nightbird, oh, hey. uh, Infrared Films. All of us here at the FPP highly recommend you go there. They'll take good care of you. The darkroom. Dot com. Tell them the FPP sent you. Yeah. 
Hey, we're back. Uh, Mark, what would you like to talk about from your wide, wide variety? Oh, you want to talk about the Miranda? I think the Miranda. Yeah, we'll talk about Miranda. Uh, we're here in the studio, and uh, Mr. Mark Dalzell is going to talk about the 1971 Miranda Sensomat R-E-S-L-R. The year 1971. I remember it very well. Matt, yes. shut up. <laughs> no comment. Me either. I think my mom does. <laughs> Exactly. I think my grandma was alive back then. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the um, Sensomat RE. Uh, this is a camera I recently picked up. Uh, From a museum? Because it looks like it's brand new. I know, it's perfect. No, via um, like a sort of a, I don't know what you want to call it, like a classified ad, we'll call it, to be old-fashioned. Yeah, I went over to someone's house to pick up a bunch of records, and she said, oh, by the way, I also have this records. table covered in cameras. Uh, and this was one of them. So she, her father had been sort of an amateur photographer and a bit of a camera collector. And he had some incredible, um, some really incredibly clean and beautiful vintage cameras, including this, Miranda Sense-O-Mat RE. Uh, this came with the, uh, the 50 millimeter 1.4 lens, also, you know, really nice, clean condition. Ooh. Came with a Miranda doubler, which is really cool, a Miranda teleconverter, which is also very cool. I shot with it last week. It's a lot of fun to work with. This has TTL metering. Whoa. So it is a, you know pretty modern camera and the meter actually works really well and it's really nice uh the only downside to this miranda had like 30 different slr cameras that they made there's the, there was the, there was also the sensor rex series which is which is a pretty popular one the difference between the sensor rex and the sense o mat which is what this is is uh it doesn't have the stop down metering built in uh, it doesn't have the tab on the lens to be able to calculate oh, to what your it. aperture yeah. is so it actually has a little push button on the front that locks your aperture down, oh. and it clicks on and clicks off, which is kind of cool. So you click it on. Like a click pen, okay. Yeah, huh. exactly, like, like an old big pin. So you click it on, <laughs> then you get your speeds and everything set up so the needle's right, and then yeah. you click it off and take the shot. That's probably, I've never seen it, something like that. That's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of neat. Um, it also has, oh, yeah, I, was gonna, yes, I, I haven't neat. even gotten to that part yeah. yet. Yeah, the lens Sorry. mount on it is actually, the, uh, it's a Miranda bayonet mount. It's a four-bladed bayonet mount mm-hmm. which is pretty unique on its own yeah but what it's also got is a 44 millimeter thread on the inside so it would mount two different types of lenses that's pretty cool which is pretty weird yeah um and a lot of companies made lenses for these there were a ton of different ones i was gonna say 44 is bigger than all the old rangefinder ones it's right? nothing so it's SLR. a pretty coarse thread 44 okay. anyway yeah i don't think anything would have fit it would have been very cool if they had made it like an m42 or yeah something that's right really yeah or an m39 or something but uh yeah unfortunately no but uh, it is kind of interesting that it will take two different lenses. Um, it has... Oh, also, if there's anybody out there, this this runs from bulb to 1,000. If anybody wow. can tell me how to make it go to bulb, I haven't been able to figure that out yet. You got to press a button? No, I don't know. In, in either direction you when you pull, go to can it. Can you pull it up? Can you pull it? Or no, that's your, that's your uh, film ISO? speed. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's a mystery. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, another thing it's got, which is kind of interesting, is it's got a front and a top-mounted shutter release, oh. on how you ah, like to hold it. Nice. does the same thing. Well thought out. Um, and the cool thing about the one on the top, it does not have a cable release, as huh. you will see. Mm. Oh. But you can see there's nothing up my sleeves. Nothing up your sleeves. The, the top shutter release actually unscrews oh. and exposes a shutter release. Oh, look Incredible. at that. Cable, well cable release yes. um, port, which is very cool. And then what I'm left with is oh, little this nubbin. little spring-mounted button, which you could use on other cameras. 
Oh, yeah. Like imagine so, sticking this on an old Kodak Bellows camera. or So just this little piece alone, I think, is very, very cool. Yeah, I'm into, I'm into the adorable cable releases, yeah. I got yeah. all the tiny ones for the large format. Just dink, yeah. Yeah, so now you've got a little push button that you can put on your... That's pretty sweet, on your, yeah. On your large format, which is yeah. kind of cool. I might try that mm. on, my, uh, on my 4x5. And, and for the folks at home, uh, the lens on this, Mark, it, it's like butter focusing it. Like Compared to like the FD mount lenses and all the stuff, it's oh, just it's very so smooth. smooth. I'm surprised, because normally those old 514s just like... Yeah, but not loose. It, it gives you a good, good a bit of resistance. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, it's um, really, really nice. Yeah, it's got a lot of neat features. This had a, a ton of removable. Uh, oh, cool! Oh. Prisms and viewfinders uh-huh. you could get. So you get the waist level finder and stuff. Yeah, for it so too. it had waist level. It had multiple um, wow. uh, prisms that you could get for it. That's cool. Um, uh, it, it does not have a hot shoe on it. It doesn't have any kind of shoe on it. But there was shoe. What shoe? An accessory shoe that snapped onto the rewind lever that would give you a shoe uh, accessory shoe, and then on the side. You've got your X-Sync PC port and an FP um, nice. port as well. So, you know, it was pretty versatile. Um, and when you walked in to pick up some records, like, you basically just walked out of this person's house with, like, cameras? Everything. <laughs> yeah. She actually, I mean, again, it was, I, I kind of, I think I'm known for buying old cameras. So when I went to pick up the record, she said, oh, you're the guy who likes cameras too, right? And I said, yeah. She said, oh, because I've got all of these, so. Yeah, they pay cash money? <laughs> yeah. I, I happen to have a, Stack of cash. You never know when you're going to bump into a table covered in cameras, so I, I always keep a bit of cash in the pocket. A couple of, a bit of folding money. So, yeah, I picked up some stuff that I'll be, I'll be talking about for months to come on wow. the show. Sweet. That is a sweet camera. Yeah. Wow. So that was what my first What battery one. does that take? Uh, this like takes a, six- a single uh, oh, 675 the- or whatever it was. I just okay. put an LR44 yep, in it. Exactly. It's fine. Yeah, it works fine. You know, the old battery sweats discussion, but yeah, just a single. Uh, yeah. Have you shot with it yet? I did, yeah. It's very nice to shoot with. It feels good. The only thing that's a little bit clunky is remembering, like, why is it saying overexposed? Oh, yeah, right. I got to stop it down. Click it down. I, I keep forgetting to do I that. I like that it's on the other side because most of the stop downs are always on the same side as your shutter release hand, so yeah. you've got to, like, fumble around. That's or like you natural. Have to, you have yeah. to pinch it or something, like on the Minolta. This one is, mm-hmm. is like, you know, a second shutter release. So, And it feels kind of cool, too. It does yeah. feel like an old pen. Now, that it sounds like that's why I was pen function. What exactly does that do again? So if you look, is it's, it like it's your stop, stop down It meter. stops down the aperture so, so it look, can meter accurately. And then click it on. Yes. So now it stops it down to 16. And then it. And then your meet, your, your needle again. will come alive. Yeah, when you do yeah. that. Yeah, so you can go back to a bright viewfinder again to focus. Uh, that's pretty sweet. So basically, this button is uh, what do you call the other cameras have it too? It shows you your actual. It stops down with the lens. Yes. Depth of field preview. Too. Yeah, yes. Field preview. Mm-hmm. So same. So like on the Minolta, it's on the side. Yeah. So if you look through the lens here. Oh, it's very satisfying. Click. So you see, it's just yes, mm-hmm. just closing your aperture. But it's on the Minolta. It's kind of like stiff and kind of awkward. Yeah, on this one, it's sweet. just like nicely placed. Yeah. It's got nice old pebbled, you know, red. 70s pebbled, which yeah. feels nice in your hands, too. Very nice. There there's, there's the Miranda. Thank you very much. Sure, my pleasure. Uh, we'll be back in a moment with more show. We're going to take a break. Hey, FPP listeners. Some really, really great news. The FPP online store, filmphotographystore.com. We now stock darkroom supplies. So if you're already in the darkroom or if you've been thinking about it, now's the time to go to the FPP site. We are now stocking tanks and reels, Kodak D76 black and white developer, Kodak fixer, and the home C41 unicolor kit. That's right. You can do your very own color negative development right in your home. It's so easy folks that have been listening and kind of following along as 
All of us here at the FPP have started doing our own color. Everyone has been so pleasantly surprised of how easy it really is. So jump on over to the filmphotographyproject.com, click the store tab, and check out our darkroom supplies, as well as all of our hand-rolled 35mm film, Kodak Laris film, Fuji film, 110 film, and of course our huge selection of 620 film. Awesome. Thanks very much. Let's get back to some show. Hey, this is Michael Rosso, host of the Film Photography Podcast, and a huge thank you to folks out there who have donated to the FPP over the last few months or year. If you love the FPP, and really dig the podcast and continued blogs, videos, then please consider donating to the Film Photography Project. And you could do so very easily by either finding a camera, a film camera that works, and consider donating it to the show. Do you have any excess film that you're not shooting? Or if you can make a contribution, you could easily do that on the FPP Film Photography Project site and click Donate. Everything that's received is used for the Film Photography Project and its podcast for our monthly giveaways. And any monies that are made in the FPP store just fuel the podcast. Let's keep these shoes going. The Film Photography Podcast. It's here for you. Mm, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. Uh, really quick, I just want everyone to know, I received over the holidays an email from um, film photographer Marcus Anderson. He's in Sydney, Australia. And a filmmaker by the name of Rob Norton did a, a profile of him called Belly of the Beast. And it talks about, it's on our, our if you go to film filmphotographyproject.com, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And click on videos, you will see we have the YouTube video embedded. Did you watch it? That is sweet. I watched it twice. You did? Yeah, I loved it. That's great. Congratulations, Rob Norton, who did that film. Yeah, it was very well done. It really kind of put a put film photography in a great light and just kind of shared every aspect of it. It was, it was great. It says, Marcus Anderson dodgily pursues not merely cool images, but great images. Sydney, Australia is his canvas. He calls it the belly of the beast. His art practice encompasses documentary street and conceptual bodies of work, including 35mm, 120 and the iPhone as his capture mediums. And I thought it was wonderful because it really was, was about capturing that image mm-hmm. and not being a snob. About yeah. oh I can't use my iPhone yeah, that's or kind of, that's kind of like the he's kind of like the modern what, what I perceive is like the mod the 21st century film shooter like that's what what it not should be but you know right it's it's a good blend yeah. I guess he's a good hybrid photographer and he's always on his feet sometimes if you don't have your gear with you you just whip out your iPhone yeah, whatever you got yeah. and you just grab that shot so fantastic folks out there listening uh, please do check out this short film. I think you'll uh, really enjoy it. I want to thank Marcus for uh, sending me the notice. And congratulations to Rob Norton for completing the film. It's a wonderful, beautifully uh, constructed film. Uh, Matt Marash is here. Hey. Hey, what's up, guys? (laughs) 
And he has our Book of the Month. Book of the Month, Book of the Month. It's time for Book of the Month. Yeah. See, you know, I, I feel so bad. We've gotten a little lazy about Books of the Month. But yeah. the good news is Columbus, Ohio is littered with a, a, this wonderful store called Half Price Books. And I... I'm I like the sound of that. I'm addicted to Half Price. It's like a used used or like retail, not successful Remainder. Books. Yeah. yeah. But you can... Uh, all the books I got over there were less than like $30. This was a, a present, but uh, so we're going to be having plenty of books of the month for mm. uh, months to come here on FPP. Uh, so this was actually my Christmas present from Lauren this year. Nice. Total surprise. I was like, this isn't film. <laughs> <laughs> If five by seven. I don't need five yeah, by seven. Say, That's the first thing I said. Five hundred sheets of five by seven. Yeah, sweet. Um, this is a history of photography from eighteen thirty nine to present from the George Eastman House collection. It's a book from twenty twelve, and it is an excellent uh, just kind of tour through the history of photography. Mm-hmm. All you know, all oh, the wow. way from uh, it looks Henry like a, Fox Talbot, like all, a gallery. The, yeah, the, it, the book it, itself looks like a gallery. Yeah, it, it's great, and it's these are all yeah really high res images that are all parts of the Eastman House collection. So any of these images you see, if you're out in Rochester, you can actually request to look at a lot of these images that are there. Uh, that's, not all of them are are in their collection, but I mean they give you great details on the photographers, the thought processes, like the the actual technical stuff. There's a couple of plugs about you know they do the workshops at the Eastman Eastman House. Th- this is an excellent book. It's just an encyclopedia of you know photography from. It, it mainly focuses on 1800s and early 1900s, but it does kind of take you through uh, modern as you, as we go along, kind of the last couple of chapters. Ouija in there? Oh, yeah, he's in here. A History of Photography from 1839 to Present by uh, the George Eastman House. Oh, the George Eastman House. Southward and Hawes in there? Um, Have to be. Look at Probably, yeah. And this is a Tashin book. Yeah. They put out some nice books, don't they? they? Put out some, yeah, the books there, I have over there. Is there anything... Kodak or Eastman sort of biased about it, or is um, is that just a general photography? I mean, it is. This is through that. Thanks for asking. No, it is through very much um, you know Western eyes, so it mm-hmm. doesn't focus too much on photography that was going on throughout the rest of the world. But don't worry, I've got books of the month to cover the rest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It does talk a little bit about what was going on in the rest of the world, but a lot of it is going to be through the eyes of you know what the Eastman House has access to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still really, really inclusive. But it's people. not like every picture was taken on a Kodak camera with Kodak no, film kind of no, thing. It's no, no, it's not like yeah. it's not like horribly biased. And I think yeah. just in general, the Eastman House does a great job at disconnecting themselves from any you know ties like that because they they represent you know everything photography now. So, and if you have you guys checked out their workshops, they they do well. No. They're they're they can't do enough workshops. Every time they do a work like have a new workshop, it's sold out. They're mm-hmm. doing workshops on alternative process. Mm-hmm. They're doing camera outings. Last year they did like an Erie Canal tour where um, Mark Osterman took them out and, uh, with the, their intern over there, and they did a whole bunch of uh, print processes. And I think they were doing gelatin dry plates. They, amazing stuff that they're doing over there. And you know, purchasing this book tells them, hey, we're doing a good job with what we're doing. But if any you you know anybody or you're interested in learning a little bit more about the history, the nitty-gritty, or just want to see some beautiful uh, reproduction images, uh, check out that book. I found it half price, or no, that one was a gift from Lauren. But you can find it half price books. You can also find it new online and mm-hmm. still oh. currently printed book. Very nice. Leslie is like is beautiful. digging in. I'm yeah. digging in, looking at my favorite Daguerreotypist. Ah, okay. Thank you, Matt. Hey, yeah. While Leslie and uh, Mark are kind of checking out the book, I would like to just really quickly do uh, my Polaroid Minute for this show. 
<laughs> in which I'd like to talk about FP3000B and the Polaroid Big Swinger cameras. Fujifilm, which makes the FP3000B, that is the black and white film, the exclusive film to use in the Big Swinger camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of folks were like um, a little sad last year because Fujifilm announced discontinuation of the film. But mm-hmm. I would like everyone to know there is plenty of FP3000B around. Sadly, the price doubled since about two years ago. So you're paying about $20 a pack. Oof. It's there. Use it. Because no, it won't... I, yeah, exactly. use it this year. It's not getting any younger. And the Polaroid Big Swinger camera... You can pick yours up right at our shop, the Film Photography uh, Project. Click on the store tab if you want one that, you know, the, the great thing about the FPP is that all the cameras are tested. So they're all vetted, they're tested, tested with film. If you want to try to get one, you know, on your own, go to the eBay.com. And you could probably find this for, I don't know, 10 bucks? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you maybe. You probably pay more than shipping than you will for yeah. the camera. But. I think it's scaring people off now because it only uses 3000 so yeah. it's a good time to buy one. It is, it is a good time to buy one because the film is now available. Uh, I get so many emails of people who have the J66 and the earlier, much mm-hmm. earlier yeah. cameras where you cannot get film, and people want to shoot with them. Great decorations. Yeah, but this one you could is a great decoration, but you could shoot with it. <laughs> and right now, all you have to do is ask the seller to look inside the camera, close to the inside lens to check the battery compartment. If there's no crud or corrosion in there, you're pretty much good as gold. These cameras work very well. They use the little peanut bulbs. That's right, one bulb per exposure. <laughs> Like over the holidays, I was shooting family, you know, a lot of older cameras that use flash bulbs. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, wait a minute, one, wait a minute, one flash per bulb, that's it? That's it. They find it a difficult concept, yeah, it's like don't they? Yeah. Young people can't grasp the concept at all. Uh, but now is a good time to grab this camera, shoot with it. It's really a great camera. It's a lot of fun. Has the outside has the fabulous feature. You squeeze a little tab, and you, you turn it to get your exposure, and yes appears in the eyepiece. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. I have. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's, very it's cool. great, right? It really is. It's so fun. It's so teenage. It <laughs> is. And, and know, if you're a teenage fun. and you're listening to this show, I cannot, I, I cannot even tell you how much fun you'll have with this camera. <laughs> you will have lots of fun. And what are we not all but teenagers at heart? That's right. There you go. So that's my Polaroid Minute for this show. And that kind of wraps up this show, speaking of shows. What show? <laughs> I want to thank everyone for uh, joining us. I want to thank the folks at the studio here. And I can't tell you what a joy it is to be broadcasting in your car, bus, home, place dark of room, dark room, and other places. Bedroom, bathroom. <laughs> While you're getting your MRI. <laughs> We'll see you in two weeks. Guys like them across the nation. They got the right train, wrong destination. I'm gonna give them a clue to find a way to her heart. Ditch all the macho bullshit. That'll be for a start You gotta change your way If you wanna lose all the frustration Well, you got the right train Wrong destination 
Right train. 